So the question on here is, have you been in a quarterly Bible study? I was trying to word it in such a way that at the church building, over an extended period of time, have you ever been in a Bible study regarding the Holy Spirit? So, I'm going to assume that most of you don't have those gadget devices. <laughs> don't, I have, well, there's three people with it. Who's the person that said yes? Paul, where at? In California. And, and that was over a quarter on Sundays and Wednesdays? Just Wednesdays? How often? I mean, beside that one quarter, was that the one and only time? Okay, one. And okay, three. Okay, the rest of you here, how many of you been in a group Bible study over a quarter? Ray, that's two, three, four, four. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about 50. Less than 10%. Isn't it staggering? When, <clears throat> when you think about all the Bible studies you could have, people say, well, you know, what else can you study about? What else can you say? But the Holy Spirit, part of the Godhead. And I'm part of the guilt that I've never led a Bible class on the Holy Spirit. I really appreciate David Andrews having this class for us, at least, you know, because of the questions. Or, I mean, that was why we're having this class. <clears throat> I don't know if it was Mr. Otis or, or Mr. Uh, Will that had asked for this study, but I'm glad. The question I have, though, follow-up question to this is, why haven't we? Why haven't we been studying about the Holy Spirit for generations now? Why is it that only four in that, about, about 50 in this room, 40 or however many? Why haven't we been studying this? We, the people of God that we have fellowship with, we're, we're afraid? Because um, there are people that claim to be Christians aren't, aren't afraid of the Holy Spirit and studying about the Holy Spirit and what have you. But, but I believe that's part of that, that reason. Why else? C. Don't want to become too charismatic. Hey, that's calling it like it is. I believe that's true. If we start studying the Holy Spirit and we start believing what the scriptures actually say, then we might be viewed as a little too out there. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Roberts said you cannot see the Holy Spirit. If you cannot see it, it's kind of the unknown, the mysterious, and so therefore kind of hard to study. We, do we ever study about God? The Father? Do we study about Jesus? Now, Jesus came to this world, but, you know, so people did see him and whatever, but we study about God. But the aspect of the Godhead, 
of the Holy Spirit we don't study about. Mysterious, like a wind. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with Ted. I mean, that, if I were to answer, that would have been my answer. C, you know, might get too charismatic. And I think we are no different than many during the, not the Restoration era, the Reformation era, where you start going from Catholicism into the evangelical type movement, if you will, where... Um, you go from one pendulum to the other end of the extreme, and you just start fighting against something because you believe this error, so you go to the other end, no matter what it is. And I believe when the restoration took place in this country is right at the beginning of the charismatic movement in this country, right at 1800. And what you see is this pendulum swing because of what's going on there. We don't want any part of it. We don't want to look like it or anything like that. So we're not going to, well, maybe that's the reason we're not going to study it. Or we just don't want to, you know, we add all the caveats. Well, if we start studying this, we've got to have all the, put in place all of our scriptures, if you will. Some of which, brethren, in my personal studies, I believe are proof text and not context. That's my take on some of the passages in my head that we've used for, for certain reasons, and we'll get to them. Uh, one thing I put as a caveat, I told Mr. Otis, because he's so excited for the Bible study on the Holy Spirit. If any of you know Mr. Otis and, and the questions or the statements he's made in all of our other Bible classes, the Holy Spirit is on the top of his list. And I said, we don't have to get through the whole study this morning. <laughs> so I was giving him more, and he goes, I'm not going to say much. <laughs> He's going to just sit and listen, he said, and I know he's got a lot that he would love to share about it, but about the subject matter, that is. But that's an amazing thing. So who put too many differences of opinions? And that's part of the reason why I put it on this as one of the lists, because I know that's the reason why some have said it's too controversial in the minds of some. You're going to get... Christians that are on this end and Christians on this end, how are you going to get some sense of harmony, unity, let alone? So why did you put too many differences of opinions? Anything behind that reason? What's the problem with projecting 
who God is. <laughs> kind of like idolatry. Okay. <laughs> Richard? Too difficult a subject. One. Anyway, who, who's the other person? There are two people. <laughs> Someone pressed the button. <laughs> Not just Paul. Or you don't want to. Okay, you don't have to admit it. <laughs> uh, no, you can only. Oh. <laughs> it's one. Yeah, you can switch your answer, but then it'll transfer. Yeah, it's not going to keep your old answer. It'll update. There, so far, there are seven answers on here. Seven people put their answers on there. Um, who else thinks it's too difficult a subject matter? Anyone else? I'm not saying it's too difficult. It's difficult. It is difficult. Okay. I mean, it, th that's, that's a different way of answering it. Difficult versus too difficult. I agree. Okay. Um, I have no clue. Anyone want to admit? I have no clue about the study of the Holy Spirit. Got Danny. He's willing to admit that. <laughs> I have no clue. Anyone else that pressed the button? Okay. <laughs> Not why we don't have the study. Why, why is the study? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. David? Yeah, it's inter very interesting mindset. That's a good point that David said. I, I think generally speaking, and a lot of the attitudes towards this subject is there's so much difference of opinion and so much confusion <coughs> is that it's best to make everything run smooth. I'll just won't say a whole lot about it. I think that's the reason yeah. There's no doubt. There's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I'll go ahead. Yes, sir. If you ever realize what the scriptures teach about this, when you get down and you understand all of these things that you're talking about are, are irrelevant. Right. Yeah, because you, you have information. You have things that we can take by faith. We're definitely looking forward to the study for that very reason. All right, last question. The Holy Spirit dwells in a person literally or metaphorically? Literally being a spirit. <laughs> metaphorically, only through the Word of God does the Holy Spirit dwell in us. 
I want to hear what your answers are. I got one on one. Already differences of opinion. Already started. <laughs> All right, the rest of you that don't have these devices, how many of you say the Holy Spirit literally dwells within us? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, I got nine. Is that the, per the nine, does that include people who have done this on the list? I'm trying to put this down on my paper here. I don't know if it's nine plus three or nine total. <laughs> so were you, did you have your hand up earlier? No. Okay, ten. <laughs> All right. The Holy Spirit dwells within us only through the word of God. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, so Mr. Jimmy is saying, word it this way. If he did away with the Bible, there was nothing, there was no quote unquote Bible, would we have the Holy Spirit? Okay, raise your hand. If there was no Bible, in other words, you still repent and you're baptized, you know. We, the teachings of the scriptures are still the same, but you don't have the recordings of. Uh, did you guys hear what Laura just said? The New Testament Christians did not have the New Testament scriptures. They had the Old Testament scriptures. They did not have the writings of what we call the New Testament. Did they have the Holy Spirit? Okay, we're going to be looking at that um, well, in the sermon this morning and later on lessons, um, future lessons, because we'll, we can't get through all this this morning. I got, okay, Mr. Don, Ted, and then Vincent. And that, that's going to be another area of discussion. What does that mean, the gift? You know, is it the Holy Spirit? Is that God's gift? Or is it a gift from the Holy Spirit? And... Um, I'll give my opinion when that time comes, but, but that's going to be the discussion on that. Ted? I like your last wording there with the reasonable way. Um, that goes back to, you know, the difference of opinions. Is it a controversial subject matter? Because you start building walls and all that. This is, and I have some caveats I'm going to put in uh, as we get into the study. And uh, just a second, we'll be led in a prayer with regard to the study. But, yeah, I mean, this is definitely not a milk subject matter. And it's easy then when it's not that to bring your opinions and then to start bolstering all the scriptures that voice your opinion, so to speak, and, and not get an in-depth study as a result. We, we might just shy away from it because we don't want to fight or anything. Um, Vince and then Jimmy. Ah, okay. Interesting. Are you willing to change the view that you have so that if, if you said, yes, he 
literally dwells within us to say, no, he metaphorically dwells within us, or vice versa. I believe he metaphorically dwells within us, but I could change my view that he could dwell in us literally. Anyone willing to change? All of your hands should be willing to change, <laughs> as well as mine. <laughs> Come on, that's, that's part of Bible study. <laughs> I mean, if all we do is like, this is my view, I mean, how'd you get to this view to begin with? We should be always willing to change, not to be wishy-washy, but to be convicted about our changes. And if we change, we change and have a reason for that change. And the interesting thing is, some may flip-flop from one to the other through this study. That blows my mind away personally, but <laughs> it can happen. Jimmy. One of the things I'm talking about in the Bible, that includes belief, baptism, and repentance. If you don't have the Bible, I'm talking about it. <clears throat> Right, and I think, I don't know if everyone got that point, but I think a lot of people got that very point. That's why Laura said what she did. In the first century, they didn't have what we call the New Testament Bible, and they heard the gospel message being proclaimed. They repented. They were baptized, and guess what? They were told by Peter if they did that, they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So I think that was the point you were making, right? Okay. David. Okay. So we've got some nuances that we're going to have to be looking at. Number one, if God opens your heart, does it mean that he's put his spirit in you? That's a nuance that we're going to be looking at. Um, right, that's my point. We're, we're going to, we hear it when you come. Do you receive it? Does he dwell within you from a standpoint as a gift of salvation, Acts 2.38? Or is that different? There's nuances that we're looking at. Yes, before. Right. 
Yeah. Okay, so before I get to uh, Don and then to you, David, part of the reason why we have this class, right? That's the whole reason we want to be able to study. The fact of the matter is we bring in our baggage into every study. We bring in our opinions. We try to be as objective as possible, hopefully. I think that's a very fair-minded mindset that you have. Let's hold off on our opinions. But we still, many of us will still bring in the baggage of what our belief system brings us to the table to this point. No matter how objective we try to be, um, we still have our biases that we bring to the table. Um, so, but if we can be objective, that would be wonderful. Um, that would be always a great thing for, to strive for. Don? Yeah. And I think that it's time to be more open minded and not just because somebody else does it doesn't mean it's wrong. It's wrong for us to do Did everyone hear what Mr. Don just said? Who did not hear him? Because I want it, I want you, okay. Don is saying, you know, maybe, the, and speaking from an older perspective, the reason why we haven't been studying on the subject of the Holy Spirit is because, you know, some other denomination that has a charismatic view of the Holy Spirit, we don't want to go down that path and what it would lead to, so therefore we stay away from it. Can, is that a summary of it? So, yeah, that's, that's the reason why we don't study um, on the subject matter. But Sure. Hey, listen, if a denomination teaches on any subject matter, but their teaching is true, praise God. It's, if it's true, praise God. I mean, now, when I say if it's true, we bring our interpretation of what we think is true. We can say, well, what they're saying is false just because they're in a denomination. No different than they could say to you what you believe is false, Right? What, what many will say uh, about this gathering of believers in this room is we're sectarians. We're Campbellites. You know? We hold to some pretty funky, weird ideas. That's what's said of us. Not by everyone, but, but by many. Some of you already nodding your head because you've heard those words. And so we do the same thing. If someone doesn't hold to a belief system that I hold on to, that's weird and funky. Because what I hold to is the truth. Hopefully, as we keep studying the scriptures, we get to learn the truth. And we need, guess what? But, and I'm interjecting a little early here. We need the Holy Spirit to help guide us in truth. Because that was his work, as we'll see in scripture. So, very, very important. I think I had um, David, Mr. Henry, and then Chris. And then Sawyer. Okay. <laughs> All right, David. Later on, yes. Yeah. That is correct. In my opinion, that's correct. Yes. We'll get into that. We'll get into Joel, uh, his prophecy of pouring out his spirit upon the men and women 
uh, yeah, we'll look into a lot of, there's a lot of passages we can look at. Um, in fact, easily, just by doing the search on Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord, or Spirit of Jehovah, that alone, those three phrases, and there are more than those three phrases that reference the Holy Spirit, over 150 Bible passages. So there's a lot we can cover uh, on the Holy Spirit um, that deals with him um, specifically. And notice I say him specifically, not it, uh, although we refer to the Holy Spirit oftentimes in the it fashion for some reason. All right, Mr. Henry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since from the time you answered, uh, raised your hand. But, you know, to your point, um, in my personal opinion, we reference in passing the Holy Spirit in our studies, but never have focused on a primary study on him um, like we would with other subject matters that we have a specific study on him. So we do reference him throughout our studies, but we've never really dealt with him specifically, right? Yeah, and that's what we're going to be looking at this quarter. The question, uh, Mr. Henry was saying, you know, if we study the scriptures, he believes that we'll get more A's as answers in this room here. But then that begs the next question, he says, and that is, if we do believe sincerely that he does dwell within us, literally, what's his work in us today? Not first century, and I'm paraphrasing now what you're saying, but what is his role within the life of a believer today, as it was in the first century, outside of miracles, if you will, outside of this um, baptism that Cornelius would have or what, just in the day of Pentecost? So we're going to have that. Um, I think I had Ted and then Sawyer and Chris. I forget which order now. <laughs> and then Miss Patricia as well, right? You did, okay. You know, I, yeah, when I ask these questions, I'm asking with my limited understanding as well. So there are more questions I would like to update as I, as I get to be better at teaching this. Um, so, yeah, yeah we, you're saying that, that he literally dwells with us and through the word. I agree. Um, I would definitely believe. And there would be uh, caveats I would have in my head that I would express by stating it that way. Um, so interesting that it went from five to four to six to four. Someone else already answered the question. Getting some answers. All right, after, I think, Chris, did you have your hand? And everyone would agree with that, yeah.
So when you're mentioning that scripture, is that to say that you can know this apart from the Spirit of God? Have nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. Interesting. Uh, This class is being recorded. I just wish Chris's statement could be recorded loudly so we could all hear it because I think this is the very crux of what we're going to be studying on. I personally would disagree with what you're saying um, because I do believe the Holy Spirit is within us. Okay. Okay. I thought, okay. Yes. Yes. That's true. Okay. I, when I, I was asking you, like, the reason for that particular verse, like, does the Holy Spirit have a role in that aspect of our study? Yeah. Right, we want it to be by faith. Yeah. We do. We do need to definitely be studying on this. Well, the reason why I ask this question is because there are assumptions. I assume that we open up our Bibles and we read it. I assume that we study our our Bibles. So I, I have made assumptions on that end. Not that we've done it together as a group or anything, but that we personally, on an individual basis, have studied script, the Scriptures. But how many, how many of us actually have a personal study on the Holy Spirit? That's going to be few of us in this room. Very few of us. Um, so, and that's another assumption based upon the previous question. <laughs> Sawyer. Okay. <laughs> and Ms. Patricia. Yes. Miss Patricia's voice is, is softer, so you may not have heard what she said, but she said she was always taught growing up that the Holy Spirit actively participates within us to, conv- I'm going to paraphrase now from her, what she's saying, to basically guide us. Uh, read Romans chapter 8, I think is what she was referring to, being led by the Holy Spirit, to warn us, to basically convict us, and I don't think that was your word choice, but that's the, the, what you're saying that or that our conscience would be reminded of of scripture because that's how he actively participates with us those are the nuances that we want to be able to study to find out if these things are so uh, ron
Hey, listen, I know there's more people with your hands raised. That's a long introduction, right? 35 minutes we've gone through, <laughs> and we've not yet gone into our study. And I, I want us to begin this whole quarter with a prayer with regard to this study. And then we got a lot more just for this first lesson that I don't know if we'll get through. But um, And notice our, th- our beliefs are changing as, as we speak. <laughs> so let's go to our God in prayer, and we'll begin our study on the Holy Spirit. Our Heavenly Father, your word is so great and grand. It truly is holy. It stands apart from all written words of of world history and for all the things that we've been studying over these years. Our attempt right now is to study you. And who are we? You are an infinite God. You've created the universe that is so expensive and so large, it seems unending. Describing you. Too much for us to comprehend. You're creative in so many ways, in your power, in the way that you love, in every aspect we can talk about. And so when we who are your creation, we're we're limited with just a few, few moments of breath in this history of this planet, for us to be able to comprehend you seems futile. But Father, you have given us your word so that by faith we can accept those things that you have shared for us to believe in, to be comforted by, to be strengthened within, that we may go out and live our lives in fellowship with you. All to your glory. So I pray, Father, that as we begin this awesome study, that our hearts will be humbled, that we'll try our very best to not just have our opinions, but to have faith based upon your revealed word on this aspect of your Godhead. Help us, Father, to have love for one another in a study like this where things can seem to be controversial at times. We want nothing more as your believers to be unified on truth, We want nothing more, Father, than to take all that you have given to us to our advantage for your glory 
and leave nothing out. We want your gifts. We want all that you offer to us, dear Lord, by faith. And I pray that you will bless us then as we continue through this study. We thank you for it. We thank you for this entire quarter that we have for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, that was a question that we had asked based upon the surveys, and we've already gone through that, but just as prayer, I mean, really, I know we have scriptures, and the scripture can tell us, here's what the Holy Spirit did, but do you feel like me that this is just an awesome, awesome study to, we're tapping into the nature of God. We're told in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 89, that his his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. How can we, finite beings that live for just what? Maybe 80 years? 90? If things go pretty well as far as being able to accumulate what we know of our God. And if by virtue of great grace from God that we can live past that, that we get to know him. That's like a drop in the bucket in history. How can we? I mean, honestly, how I feel, I feel unworthy to be here teaching this class. That's how I feel. I'm doing it because I was asked to teach the class, and I'm going to teach it to the best of the ability that I have, with much prayer, by the way, and much study, which my mind is completely saturated <laughs> But this is how I feel. I don't think I'm the only person that feels this way. How do we study and limit less God by limited people? It's too much for me personally. With that said, can we ever fully comprehend him while on this planet? With all the studies that we have, can we fully comprehend our God? I don't think so. Not until we're face-to-face with him. Yeah. I think when we um, get to have fellowship with him in, in that final glorious state, I believe, we, that's my personal belief, that we will, because we will be as he is and we'll be in his presence. We get to see him face-to-face. All those questions, I think, are going to be answered. Personal opinion. So, um, but for sure, while on this planet, I don't even know if we get a fraction of him. But we're going to try with what is revealed. We're going to try and get what we can out of 13 weeks, on 13 Sundays. We don't have 26 studies. We only have 13. Uh, I say only. I was asked, you know, by the elders when David gave this task, do we have enough material? I think we do. You know, I really do think we do because we're going to take what we can. We're going to go at our pace. Um, And if you guys want... And depending on the elders and how David want to direct the course, we may even go past this quarter. <laughs> so we'll see how things go. But we do at least have 13 gatherings, and hopefully the rest of the week for the next 13 weeks that we can be prepared and studied um, for this course. All right? That said, I've never done this before, but we're going to have to do it for this study. Um, oh, no, I thought I, I, in my head I was on a different slide. We'll do it later. It really is going to be a matter of faith when we study the Holy Spirit. Because as Ben was saying and and, and Chris was mentioning, our opinions are just that, our opinions. 
what we want is what God's word teaches, and then we can come to a conclusion. I mean, especially if we have never really genuinely studied who the Holy Spirit is, what he's done, how he works, why would we have a dogmatic opinion? Unless it's been, quote-unquote, spoon-fed from the pulpit, and we've just readily accepted it, and then we'll guard it, defend it to the death, <laughs> rather than have it as a genuine active faith in your life, your conviction, from your own study. Richard? So just two things on ground rules. Because of the study, I think we're already there. I think we talked about this a little bit. Number one, we need to be quick to listen. You know, when I remember uh, I gave a sermon sometime back in, in Georgia. There was one of the elders in the church, and I forget the subject matter, whatever it was, but I'd given the sermon. But in the beginning of the sermon, he had heard something that he completely disagreed with me about. And I don't think he heard the rest of the sermon. Honestly believe that he didn't hear it because he came to me and he says, you said this and that, and I said, did you hear the rest of the sermon? Yes, I did. I said, go back over one more time and see if we still disagree because everything you're telling me, I agree with you, but, you, but you're, you're saying we're at odds with each other. He goes and listens to the sermon that was recorded. He goes, I don't know why I missed the whole sermon. <laughs> I mean, so... I think that's human nature that we've got to get over. We've got to be ready to listen and digest. That's that unbiased thing that Ben was talking about. We have to be able to do it. It's a hard exercise for some of us. What we, when we hear something that is foreign to our ears or different than what we currently believe, we automatically want to just, boom, stop, put the wall up. I'm going to look at all the scriptures. I'm going to defend it, boom. And I'm missing everything that you're saying while you're saying it right now. David's shaking his head going like this. We've experienced this. We've probably all experienced it at some point. The other person is listening not to understand you. They're listening to answer you back. And we've been guilty of it as well. I think most of us, if not all of us, have listened not to understand, but to basically defend the current bias that we hold. So, James chapter 2, I mean, James chapter 1, verse 19, right? Be quick to listen. And that doesn't mean you're fast to listen. It means you're a ready listener, ready to digest and, and not just spew forth, if you will. So, if faith in, in an understudied subject is the goal, listening must be a prime virtue. 
if we've not had hardly any Bible studies on the Holy Spirit, but yet have dogmatic views of the Holy Spirit, my question is why? Maybe we need to be listening to Scripture more before having this dogmatic view. Is that a fair statement? Okay. So that's ground rule number one. And finally, number two, we're going to have things said in this room, in this study, that you may think is way out there. The last thing I want, and I wish I could quote this from uh, this preacher um, thing on Facebook that one of the preachers wrote. He said, listen, the worst thing we can do is intimidate one another with our words so that the other person who has this view that you don't hold to feels like they can't say anything and that we have no one talking except for maybe one, two, three people. We've got to be able to respect everyone in this room, in this study that we have. When we can do that, we'll be the better for it. We'll work through these differences that we have, hopefully, with love and respect for one another. And ultimately, we'll stand before our God, right? And we're going to need his grace at that moment as well um, as we strive to live by faith in his kingdom. All right. On Sunday, next week, we actually get into the lesson. I want you to begin in Genesis chapter 1. Go look for the Holy Spirit. You might find him early, like within the first, second verse. <laughs> so go ahead and, and read up, study up on the Holy Spirit. We're going to be looking at him in the Old Testament to see how, who he is, what he does, and all that. I, I'm sorry we passed our time, but go ahead and do that, all right, in preparation for next week. God bless you all.